What a day, glorious day that's going to be. I remember uh, a song many years we used to sing many years ago, and some of you probably heard it. Uh, I've dreamed of a city called glory, so bright and so fair. When I entered the gates, I cried holy. <laughs> Hear the angels, they met me there. They carried me from mountain to mountain. And all oh, the sights that I saw. But I said, I want to see Jesus. Because he's the one who died for all. And I bowed on my knees and cried holy. How many knows that's what we're going to do when we get there? Glory to God. Stand with me. Look at some folks around you and say, when my time comes to go, amen. What a day that's going to be. Glory to his name. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 3. Again, I pray that each and every one of you that uh, had an opportunity to go and share in this revival this week have been eternally impacted by it. Uh, I know I have. I have. Uh, but revival is not over. It's just not over. Uh, I believe that We are in the last days. Uh, I'm not going to get very, very deep into the content of what we're about to read, but I will say to you that I believe this is the age we're living in. Many theologians believe this is the age we're living in. And church, it's time to wake up. It's just time to wake up. Um, it's time to be alert. Not only as a church, but as individuals. We're living in a cancel culture society where, you know, it just seems like people get offended, they, they cut you off. Well, they cut God off too. So many things are happening in our world. How many want to walk in the fullness of God? Amen. How many want to have a, 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 a powerful experience in your journey with God? It doesn't come without challenges, but you can't cancel God out. Amen. You've got to be aware of where we're at. Put on the whole armor of God and press on. Revelation chapter 3 verse 14 said, The angel of the church of Laodiceans right. These things, says the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. He said, I know your works, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So then because you're lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Because you say I'm rich and I've become wealthy and have need of nothing. 
did not need, did not know that you were wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich, white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may, be, may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous. Somebody shout, be zealous. Be zealous and repent. Therefore, I stand, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him that overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. I want to preach this morning for a few moments on this thought. Uh, with the mindset as I've prayed, God, this revival's not over. I just refuse to believe that. You can let it be over in you, but I'm not going to let it be over in me. Amen. And God spoke this to my heart as I saw his face. And I want to share it with you this morning on the danger of apathy. The danger of apathy. Father, may you add your blessing to the reading of your word. May you hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Let this vessel, Father, be a vessel. The Lord, in which you uh, flow through today to speak to every heart, every life, uh, to change lives. God, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you, Lord, for the souls that you're saving. We pray, Father, that we will come together as a church body and that we will be a support system for them. We, we will be encouragement for them, God, that we will help guide them in their journey. But most of all, Father, that they would day by day find themselves in a closer walk with you, uh, surrendering into you and allowing you to guide their steps uh, and to, uh, Father, do a work in them that you will perform uh, until the day of Jesus Christ. Uh, use them for your glory is our prayer in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Give God one more hand of praise and glory in the house. In the book of Revelation, many, as I said before, in chapter number 3, we uh, find a very familiar scripture that many uh, theologians, including myself today, believe uh, that we are living in in this uh, particular season. Uh, I believe that we are living in the very uh, threshold of the coming of the Lord. What Brother Tim was singing about just a few minutes ago, when it comes my time to go, I I believe that time is very near for the church. Amen. Uh, we talk about it often. We uh, uh, declare, amen, the coming of the Lord, and we declare our preparedness for the coming of the Lord. Uh, uh, but I want us to realize and understand that uh, as a people of God, uh, we must not only in uh, word be prepared, we must in heart be prepared. Amen. Uh, they are many today that know how to say everything uh, that sounds religious and everything that sounds good, uh, 
but sometimes down in the depths of their heart, they've become apathetic and they've become lukewarm. They've become indifferent to God and indifferent to the things of God and indifferent to, to their relationship with God. Apathy is simply acting in disregard or lack of interest for either or a belief in God, either a belief in him or a non-belief. It matters not to them. They're apathetic. It doesn't really matter anymore because they've got other things on their mind. And I come to tell somebody today that an apathetic is expressed as someone who's not interested in accepting or denying the claims or even the existence of God. I want to tell you that I'm going to transition in just a few moments and talk to the church. Apathy is someone who considers the question of the existence of God, but it is neither meaningful or relevant to their life. And today people would ask, well, preacher, why would you preach a message like this to the church? Why would you even bring this scripture, bring this topic to the forefront of the church? Wouldn't this be exclusive to the world only? Those who are living in darkness, those who are lost and undone without God. Why would you bring a message like this to the church? Look at somebody and say he's fixing to answer it. Uh, the reason why is because apathy has not only affected the world, it's not only affected the lost, those that are living in darkness, but sadly it has affected the church world today. We have become apathetic. Come on, somebody. I ain't through yet. Many started out faithfully dedicated to a move of God, and I would like to say that as David was reminded of the, 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 in, in, in the Scripture where he said these words, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. He realized that the joy of his salvation would help him not to become apathetic in his serving the Lord God Almighty. It was knowing what was important in his life that, that he desired to keep at the forefront of his life. Many have started out faithfully, but over time, we're going to talk about this in a few moments, over time they've become apathetic, amen? They used to shout, they used to speak in tongues, they used to flow in the Holy Ghost, but now it don't really matter to them anymore. Case Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. Yes, they believe in God. Yes, they go to church. And yes, they go through the religious motions. But they become indifferent and apathetic to it because it doesn't really matter to them anymore. I'm telling you, God is trying to raise up a church that it matters again and raise up a people that are not apathetic to what he can do. Amen. That have a deep desire that have not become indifferent to the moving of the Holy Spirit in their life and in their church that want more, amen, than an apathetic service unto God that matters not. Give me a people today, amen, that are hungry and thirsty for God in their life again, and I'll show you a church and a people that are on the move for the glory of God. 
Mm -hmm. Help me, Holy Ghost. Over time, they lost their zeal. They lost their desire. They left their first love. Now, folks, go to church. He ain't their first love. Their first love is what they want out of church. Come on, somebody. What can I get out of it? Can I have my way in it? Oh, it don't matter what God wants. As long as I get what I want and I'm happy with it, that's all that matters. I come to tell somebody that is the mentality and the spirit of apathy. When you disregard the will of God for your life and for your church, it doesn't matter one way or the other. You become apathetic when it matters more about you you, you, than it does him, him, him. Then you've become apathetic. And I'm telling you, God is not going to anoint apathy, but he's going to anoint those who hunger and thirst after God today. Can somebody give him glory? God is looking for, amen, a people who are not apathetic to a move of God. Well, what causes apathy? Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 11 through 14, Moses was speaking to the children of God. He said this. He was speaking of materialism. Beware that you don't forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I've commanded you today. Lest when you've eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. I'm telling you, as Moses began to declare unto the children of God that day, they had become a danger of apathy that would come through a materialistic mindset. When we have reached a place to where our worship changes according to the building in which we're worshiping in or according to the beauty, amen, to God of those things around us, uh, when we reach a place uh, to where we begin to worship uh, only according to the condition of our lifestyle, if everything's going good, amen to God, then I'm worshiping. But what are we truly worshiping? Because if you can't worship him when you're up on the mountain and down in the valley, what good is your worship? Come on, somebody. And you become apathetic, and, and many today need to understand uh, that what Moses was saying was that you love God, oh, but you've got a displacement in your life because you have allowed yourself to think other things are more important than what God would have you do. In other words, uh, the word said that you have found yourself not keeping his commandments and uh, reflective of the Ten Commandments is uh, the thing 
thing which God had placed before them and told them, charged them to watch over and to keep. He was saying that it had become a commandments had become so apathetic that they would not even regard God anymore because they had other things on their mind. They had other things that were more important. Gradually, little by little, materialistic things began to take place and, and things begin to happen and they begin to build houses and they begin to prosper and all the while uh, what used to be their first love which was God Almighty and keeping his commandments literally little by little had become replaced by the door on the front of their house or the roof on the top or the bed they slept in or the car they drove or the Cadillac donkey they bought or the goats they had or the sheep they had all the things they had little by little became more important to God more important than God little by little they found themselves caught up in a materialistic web of bondage that kept them amen from believing fully and wholly following after God they had become apathetic yes I know what the Lord's commandments is but I got a date tonight, amen, with a good friend of mine down the road. We're, amen, going to allow ourselves to let materialistic things keep us from having a move of God in our life and allowing us to walk in his commandments. We'll become apathetic. We're dealing with a people that it don't matter anymore what the Ten Commandments says. They'll come to church and say, Lord, bless me, heal me, amen, to God, but the commandments of God don't really matter. They become apathetic. But if you want God, you can't have just part of him. you got to take all of him, everything. Hallelujah. Within our lives. Moses said this. He said, not only did you did not keep his commandments, you didn't keep his judgments. God's charged order of governing, the methods that God provided to produce a just and right ruling over his people. By following the judgments of God, the innocent are vindicated and the guilty are held responsible for the appropriate restitution to those they have wronged. God had an order of judgment that brought balance to government, that brought justice to the people. Come on, somebody. But they didn't care about that anymore. Amen. They had become indifferent to those things. And then finally they said that he said that they did not keep his statutes, which is basically a civil decree given of God prescribed for us to do, boundaries in which we must live according to the commandments of God. In other words, they would go out of the boundaries of the statutes of the commandments of God, and it didn't bother them anymore. Rather, their focus was on their own own personal care and comfort and condition in this earthly life than it was godliness. Their prosperity above godliness. We become apathetic when we're worried more about what God can give us than what we can give him. Come on, somebody. 
Yeah, we living in a society today that is a me, me, me society. Give me this, give me that, give me the other, amen, and I'll do some things in your life. But you become apathetic, I feel the Holy Ghost, toward God when everything is centered around you and your wants or me and my wants rather than it is God and what he desires. His commandments don't matter anymore. His judgments don't matter anymore. Come on, somebody. But when we begin to tune in again to our first love and we begin to seek his face with all our heart, then we begin to see the tide turn in our life where we see a victorious grace of God move again in our families and in our homes. Come on, somebody. It's time, it's time, amen, to be zealous again for the Lord. We've lost our zeal. Many apathy has set in. Apathy set in in Amos chapter 6, verse 3 through 6. When the prophet said, Woe to you who put far off the day of doom, who cause the seed of violence to come near, who lie on beds of ivory, stretch out your couches, eat the lambs of flocks and the calves from the midst of the stall, who sing idly to the sound of strained instruments, who sing idly. Listen to what he's saying. Your words are idle. How many don't want your words to be idle? Come on, somebody. I want it to have meaning. I want my praise to have wings on it. Come on, somebody. Woo! Y'all feel that? I want my praise to have wings on it. I don't want it to be sitting idly by my good preacher. You don't know what I went through. You don't know what I've been through. Everything, boo, 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 boo. Don't be apathetic. God knows, and he's still God. Woo! You got to understand something. Amen. My condition is not more important than his position. He's God Almighty. He's Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. He's the author and finisher of my faith. You got to understand my condition. Don't change his position. He's still God. He's God on the mountain. He's God down. I feel the Holy Ghost and I want to run right now. Is it all right. He's God today. Amen. And my condition does not change his position. You say, preacher, you don't understand. It feels so heavy. It is so, I want my wings to have praise, to have wings on it, even if I'm going in the darkest valley. Hallelujah. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Run and not be weary. They shall walk and not think. The apathy set in. They drunk wine from bowls and anoint themselves with the best ointments. But they're not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. 
In other words, the God things don't matter anymore. What only matters is you. What only matters is your agenda. What only matters is what happened to the burden for the afflictions of the righteous. What happened to the burden of heart to live godly again? What happened to the burden of heart for God to pour out in our lives again? What happened for the burden of heart to walk in the fullness of God again? Have you become apathetic because you have anchored your soul in the substance of your earthly condition? I live at such and such address. That's my house. That's who I am. That's where I live. I work at such and such job. I have a couch in my living room. I have a bed in my bedroom. I have groceries on the table. Amen. I drive a car. I drive a truck. Are you identified by your address on this earth and everything you own and everything you see every day? But the God that you can't see who is living in your soul, amen, has given you a new identity that says you may be in this earth at 131 Michelle Lane, but you got an address in heaven. I feel the Holy Ghost. Some of you, if they came... I'm just telling you what the Holy Ghost said. I'm not being judgmental. I'm telling the truth. If they took everything you had... You'd find out that you weren't really hot... You'd find out you were lukewarm. Because everything you did was not about what God, who God was and who he made you to be. It was about who you thought you were. Lord, help me, Jesus. I, I, I know I'm preaching a pastoral message, but I want to preach an evangelistic sermon. I can do it now by God's grace. But let this sink in. Let this sink in. Apathy has become we don't care what God says or doesn't say anymore. All we care about is our earthly condition. Are you standing on the promises of God? Are you standing on the premises alone? Not on the promises Apathetic because no matter what God says, you're going to go on living your life the way you're living it, quenching the spirit and never letting him change you. In other words, God heal me, but don't change me. God bless me, but don't change me. Come on, somebody. God, you do what I want you to do in my life, but don't change me. Let God speak to you, but never letting him change you. Having church, but never having a life-changing experience 
with God. You said, preach, what, what do you mean? I'm saved. I, I realize that. I am too. But I want to tell you, every day he can change our life from glory to glory. The Laodiceans were living here as lukewarm, apathetic Christians. In verses 14 of chapter 3 of Revelation, the word said, these things say the amen and faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works. It don't matter what the pastor knows. It don't matter what nobody else in the building knows. It does matter what God knows. Now hear what I'm saying? It matters what God knows. God knows everything. And in God's knowing everything, he addresses it with grace, with warning, with mercy. The enemy would have you believe, well, if God knows everything about me, then he must be mad with me. He must not love me. He must not care about me. Hogwash. God loves you. He cares about you. And everything he knows about you, amen, all the ins and all the outs and everything else, he still loves you. And he still wants to let his grace cover your life. You got to hear this and understand. He knows your works, that you're neither hot nor cold. He said, I wish you could be hot or cold. So then because you're lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I'll spew you out of my mouth. In other words, what we find here is a lukewarm, apathetic Christian who is indifferent to God. They're all about religion, but never about God. Amen. And I think that's where we have failed. We're too busy trying to put a business model of church together that we forget that God knows how to govern his own church in grace and in, in mercy and in power and in strength and in reverence. God knows how to do it. Oh, we, we have connected so much if we're not careful to the business model of church that we've missed a relationship. We've become apathetic to it all, and we think that nothing God does is going to work unless it's done our way. Let me tell you, God will mess your way up to get his grace to somebody. Come on, somebody. God will mess our way up to get his grace to somebody because he don't want a man, a, a lukewarm Christian. He needs somebody who is on fire for him, who is on fire and zealous, amen, and hungering and thirsting and walking in the ways of God. Come on to the keyboard, if you will, please. The apathy caused them to live in a false narrative in their life. That's what he said, because this is what happened. Revelation chapter 3, verse 17, because you say I'm rich, I have become wealthy and have need of nothing. 
Many people won't come to the altar because the altar ain't on their mind. You know what's on their mind? That recliner at the house. Come on, somebody. Many people won't walk with God with zeal. It's because they've let other things come in and take the, the place of it. We've learned to conform to society, but we're unwilling to conform to the goodness and godliness of God, the holiness of God. We've learned to conform to, to church. We've learned how to do it, and we think there's got to be a certain, certain way it's done. We've learned to conform. Now, come on, somebody. We want our children to have the best of the best. Well, can I tell you what the best of the best is? Or do you already know? Oh, well, I want to make sure my kids got a, a good opportunity in life. I want to make sure they go the distance. I want to make sure they have everything. And while you're doing that, don't forget the best of the best is Jesus. I want my kid to be successful. The best of the best is Jesus. Because they can be rich and die without Christ and go to hell. They can be poor and die without Christ and go to hell. The best thing you can ever do, amen, is point them to Jesus. Preacher, what are you getting at? Apathetic churches are lukewarm. Apathetic people are lukewarm. We don't need any lukewarm churches or lukewarm people stirring around lost, amen, souls that are on their way to hell. We need people that are zealous and that are hot and that are burning in the glory of God by His Spirit to be the example of the Lord. all these things but you're poor how do I free myself from it true repentance true repentance not just words falling off the lips or the gums but words that have been dispatched from the very soul and the spirit the heart of who you are repentance Godly sorrow brings repentance. Amen. I don't do it just because everybody else do it. God has convicted me by his spirit and then brought about a godly sorrow in my life. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 9 through 10. He said, not that I rejoice that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance. Ain't no shame in some folks' game. Amen. That's all it is. They're living a game called life, trying to depend on their own self to make it through. Lukewarm. He said, you were made sorry in a godly manner that you might suffer loss from us in nothing. For godly sorrow produces repentance. Don't we need the conviction of the Holy Ghost moving again?
Don't we need people responding to the conviction of the Holy Spirit again? Don't we need people who are sorry for their sins, who are shame, amen, before God of who they are so that they might find their repentance connecting to him again through salvation and then again sanctification and being filled with a fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost again. Somebody shout, yes, Lord, we do. share this last one with you. Not only will true repentance break us out of the spirit of apathy because it points us to the truth and it gives us an opportunity to respond to it. But also true religion. True relationship. Many are apathetic because they've not seen or experienced a move of God. We talked about that last week, week before last. Many of our young people don't know what it's like to feel the power of God sit down on them. They don't know what it's like to see the gifts of the Spirit in operation. They don't know what it's like because they don't know, because they are taught that it has to be a certain way and it's not a biblical way. It just has to be a certain way. We have, for lack, let me say, for lack of preaching his message over again in just this one moment, it's time to be the Pentecostal church that he's called us to be. I'm, I'm alone with my brother. I don't denounce any denomination. I'm just telling you that we need to be the full gospel church, Pentecostal church that God has called us to be. He didn't call us to be Pentecostal holiness. He called us to be filled with the Spirit. He didn't call us to be church of God. He called us to be filled with the Spirit. Now, he may have called you to serve, but he didn't call you to be. He didn't call you to be Baptist. He called you to be filled with the Spirit. Baptized in the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Operating in the fruits of the Spirit, producing fruit in your life and operating in the power of God. Our young generation needs to see it again, but what they're seeing is, amen, gangs and what they're seeing is positions of, of, of promotional evil that is raging in their life. They're seeing lifestyles, amen, of the, of the, of the rich and the broken, but what they need to see is a lifestyle of a child of God, Walking in the power and the anointing of God again. People lifting their hands without shame unto God again and praising him again. My good goodness, somebody ought to hear what I'm saying. We're afraid to praise him anymore. We become apathetic. 
Well, it don't matter if I lift my hands or not. David said, I'll lift my hands in the sanctuary. If you don't want to do it, there's either two things. Either God's literally told you not to or you're ashamed to. Your pride won't let you do it. Let me tell you how freeing lifting your hand is. It is releasing yourself from the bondage of that pride, of that enemy that's trying to tell you, you don't have to lift your hands. I don't care how high you lift it, but break that spirit of apathy off of your life that says it don't matter and do it anyway because it matters to God today. Preacher, I don't have to lift my hands to go to heaven. No, you don't. You don't. I'm not telling you. You got to do anything I say. I'm just telling you that when the Spirit of God wants to move, He moves through people who are surrendered. Amen to the glory of God. Whether you got your hands raised, if you can't, your heart is raised, whatever the case may be. But I'm telling you that this, that we are living in an apathetic generation where we when you go back and see when camp meeting broke out and the Holy Ghost fell in Azusa Street, you didn't have people sitting around. You judging me, preacher, I won't come back here. No, no, that's what the devil wants you to do. I'm not judging you. I'm just telling you. Lukewarm. Because if those things are already coming in your mind, they're trying to create an apathy toward God. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, not with your opinion. Come on, somebody. Enter his courts. Enter his courts. This is his courts. It may be the pew you sit on every Sunday, but this is his courts. I'm about to get happy. With praise. Hallelujah. Preach, I'm offended. Ah, that's where apathy comes from, from the offense of people that says, God, I don't want to hear what you got to say because it makes me feel less than. Well, amen to God. If you feel less than, then put your hands in the hands of the one who lets you know that through him you'll never be less than. I wish somebody would shout amen. Stand with me if you will, please. Preacher, it don't take all this. It don't take all that. It don't take all that shouting and all that. I promise you, I know it don't. This is just how God moves on me. If I wasn't your pastor, I'd still come through that door if I, was, if I was just a member of this church. And I'd still have my hands in the air praising God. 
and I'd still be shouting and I'd still be glorifying him and I'd still be amen looking to serve God let me tell you something I don't do this shout to entertain y'all I what I feel, and it's in the Spirit of God. I feel Him. He's real. He's not just in name only. He is real. We are the children of God, the church of God, and a church in which God has breathed life into. Then we need to perk up and get zealous again for the Lord. This is funny. Every night this week, the evangelist preached powerful messages. But if you'll recollect, every night he preached some of the same messages that God has given me. He just brought them out in the way God had him bring them out. And it's funny. You can bring an evangelist in and he can preach and everybody will shout the walls down. That's all right. You ain't got to shout the walls down. It don't change the truth. And it don't change the way I'm going to preach. Amen. Maybe you don't have the courage to lift your hand and let go yet. Don't stop coming. I'm praying God's Holy Ghost is going to stir your heart, amen, to a place one day you'll become, amen, not part of the chosen, frozen, or the lukewarm, but you'll become one of those that are by the power of God's fire and the Holy Ghost, full of zeal for the Lord. It don't take all You can seek the American dream above God if you want to. It's going to lead you nowhere. Or you can seek the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And I promise you, like He said, if you seek me, you will find me. If you question Him and become apathetic to Him, the chances of you seeking him are very slim. Hence, the message today. The danger of apathy is you will be rejected for the Lord will spew you out of his mouth. Come on, somebody. You'll live a religious life. You can live a lost, lost people that think they're saved. Come on, somebody. They are. Truly are. Now, I can't judge that. Only God does. God knows. He knows your works. But there, there, are, there are truly lost people on their way to hell that they think they're saved because they're apathetic to what God wants anymore. I wouldn't want to live there. saw just recently and I'm about to give a old call. I saw just recently just yesterday where someone had lost a loved one very very quickly boom gone and I thought to myself in that moment I thought Lord you know I'm blessed I said but God I know I'm getting older 
If I drop right now, you call me home, Lord. I, I need you to take care of my family. I'm doing my best, but Lord, take care of my family. Lord, guide their path, meet their needs. But then the greatest thing is I said, Lord, make sure if there's anything betwixt me and you that I've become indifferent in, that I've become apathetic too, Lord, that, that I've just, just disregarded what you, Lord, then, then touch my heart. And let me come out of out of this. I don't want to want to to evolve into a lukewarm state, God. I want to, to be that servant of God that is burning with a fervency of zeal for you. Because I've responded to truth. I'm gonna ask you a question. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. No one looking around. If you were to leave right now, not this church, but this world. Where would you be with God? Did you start out on the right path and wind up apathetic? You used to, to have a zeal, but things got in the way and things became more important. And things You put something, well, preacher, if I move, then, then everybody's going to know uh, that I failed God, that I did this and I did that. Well, you, you know, there goes that pride again. the devil talking to you. God sends you a message because he loves you. He didn't say, hey, you lukewarm, I'm going to strike you dead. He didn't say that. He said, I challenge you to come. <laughs> oh, y'all, y'all to get happy. <laughs> Glory to God. He says, I challenge you. Somebody look and say, but God is good. God is good. He says, I challenge you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments. Well, you say, preacher, how, I don't have, how do I buy that? Hey, it's all you got to do is surrender your heart to God. Come on, somebody. I feel the Holy Spirit of God. Well, it don't matter, preacher. It really don't matter. It does. Once saved, always saved. Well, I wish to God and hope that maybe that is the case. But I'm talking to some folks that have become apathetic. Not only is that a danger to you personally, it makes you a lukewarm Christian. It makes you ineffective. It also causes you to be a stumbling block for people who are truly seeking God. If it don't matter to you, it won't matter to your children. It won't matter to your grandchildren. Come on, somebody. And if it don't matter to you, it certainly won't matter to anybody else that is weak and has not been rooted in the faith. Father, I ask you right now to breathe upon your children. Lord, that you would let your word go forth and let it accomplish what you've sent it forth to accomplish. Father, that it would not return void, 